Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring the Score podcast, the podcast where we offer our opinions on film scores and the films they're inspired by. I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Measuring the Score, and today is very special because today is our composer showcase. Yay! Yay! All right, every five episodes we do a composer showcase on a particular composer. Well, this one is very special. Leslie, you want to tell us why? This one is very special for two particular reasons. Reason number one is that this composer inspired Chris to be a composer. He's loved this composer ever since he was 15 years old. I have been a big fan of this guy, seriously. I, I every, have learned this today, guys. <laughs> every time a new soundtrack would come out, it was like, you know, a new band has come out with a song or a new album or something. I had to rush and go get it. And this is, I used to get it on Amazon back when Amazon was just books and music. And that was it. That's all they sold. You're such a dork. I am. I really, really am. And number two, we actually got to interview this composer. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We got to talk to the one, the only, the two-time Academy Award-nominated composer, Marco Beltrami. Now, before we begin this episode, I kind of want to go over a couple things. We had a short time frame to talk to Marco because he is a very, very busy person. He has got a lot going on, seriously. He just finished up a concert, Bach by Beltrami. And if you have not heard anything about this, Guys, seriously, stop the podcast. Try to go find anything you can about this concert. It was seriously, seriously amazing stuff. What excerpts that we heard, because I, you know, I don't live in California. I don't get to go to these concerts. Wish I did. Hopefully, the concert will come close to us, I hope. What's fascinating uh, about this is, and you'll hear this during the interview, he'll mention it, is that he's taken all of the preludes from Bach and he has modernized them in a, in a way that has paid homage to Bach. Uh, it's just eloquent, and it, the excerpts that I've heard sound wonderful. So if you're in the area, one of the areas that actually are playing these concerts, go see it. You will be thoroughly amazed, and you'll enjoy it. So like I was saying, Marco's a very busy person, so he, he was kind enough to take time out of his very busy schedule to talk to us. Unfortunately, it was Murphy's Law. We ran into every problem that you could think. Computer crashed, SD card crashed. It was everything that happened all at one time, right at the beginning of the interview. So I ate a lot of our interview time. But Marco was, was awesome, though. He really was. He, he stuck with it. You know, we, we kept apologizing, and he just he was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're Southerners. We apologize about everything, though. <laughs> we really do. So, you know what? I'm going to quit talking. Uh, I'll just go ahead and get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, here is our interview with Marco Beltrami. All right, Marco, thank you so much for joining us here on Measuring the Score. Uh, big fan of yours for a very long time. I mean, we... Seriously, I think we've mentioned you several times on the show, so I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm going to ask you the hardest question you've ever been asked. You've got so much going on. You've got a brand new movie, No Exit, on Hulu right now. You just finished up a concert, Bach by Beltrami, and also you just released all four 
of the scream scores. You dug into the past. You brought everything to light, even the score to the film within the film. So, Marco, I'm going to ask you the hardest question right here, first and foremost. Do you even sleep? <laughs> well, I, I sleep. Interesting question. I, I've, I've had chronic insomnia since high school. So wow. I don't sleep. Yeah, um, it's been sort of the bane of my existence. But no, I mean, these are the things that you mentioned all are time consuming. The concert especially was um, very involving time wise. I, I, you know, it's the first time I've done something like this. And so it uh, is a lot of extra steps. It's not like writing a film score. Um, uh, a lot of organizational things, a lot of extra musical things, um, besides the music and the rehearsals and everything. Um, so yeah, that was a lot, but, um, the, uh, you know, the other stuff that the scream, it was sort of neat to revisit this after, you know, 25 years. It's, um, it's, it's crazy how fast the time goes by and, um, we had all the materials question of digging it up, going through it. Um, uh, I have in the studio here with me, uh, actually another Southerner, uh, Buck Sanders. From South <laughs> Carolina. And, um, and he uh, uh, was really instrumental in getting all the stuff together. And um, it, him and, uh, with uh, Scott Williams, who also has uh, been working with us for a while. He's in North Carolina, a Northerner, a Yankee. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, they, they really pulled it together, uh, all the, all the material. So it was, um, you know, I, I think I've developed a good team over, over the years to help with a lot of this stuff. And that's important, you know, a good team so that you can, you know, you all think it's the same and, you know, one can pick up where the other dropped off. And especially since you got so many irons in the fire, it seems like, uh, you know, that's integral for that, uh, for you to exactly. accomplish your goals, you know. And the the concert we listened to some excerpts and man it was beautiful. It Bach really is was. my favorite composer. And when told and when uh, Chris told me that you were doing uh, Bach, I was just I'm like, what? How did I miss this? He's my favorite. Uh, he, me too. I, since I was a little kid practicing piano, um, practicing the Bach, you know, well I couldn't play all of the Wolfgang Clavier, but uh, there were definitely parts that stuck out to me, and I uh, have. It's long been inside me. So this has been a project when COVID hit, I thought this would be the perfect time to take a little bit of time and, you know, go into these pieces in depth. And um, yeah, it should be, look, we're, we're trying to do more shows. Um, and, you know, hopefully at some point it'll come to an area near you and you can come That'd see be it. Fantastic. Oh, that would be, that would be great. Yeah. The excerpt that I listened to, to me, it was, seemed refreshing. You know, you, you put together the pieces in such a way that you still could hear the essence of Bach, but it almost sounded, you know, modernistic in, in a sense. You know, you've added kind of a pizzazz to it. Uh, I, I think that you, you brought out, you know, Bach's true attentions for his pieces. I really enjoyed the excerpt, and if you ever come down south, I'll be... Happy to, to get a ticket. I'll drag Chris along. Come on, let's Wait, well, hold, hold on, drag Chris along. It's going to be more like dragging you along. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, uh, I, I think you know, you, playing Bach as a as a kid, it, it's very austere. There's no dynamics. There's it's very flat. But right. I would always hear these these uh, hidden worlds within the pieces, and uh, I I think now having developed my skills as a film composer and working more um, with different 
colors and, and all, uh, I, I, I have a lot to take advantage of and, um, and expose some things that I think are there in the pieces. I wasn't trying to bastardize or do anything. I was really wanted to pay homage to Bach, but also, um, you know, present this music in a, in a, for a modern audience um, and take, basically take Bach out of the museum and sort of bring right. it to, uh, uh, you know, it's like, it's like if you like read old English, you know, uh, like everything is really hard to read Shakespeare, you know, but like all the, the seeds of modern drama are in there, but, um, but you know, how many, it's, it's pretty painstaking. And, um, and so it's, I think it's similar with a lot of old music. It's hard, it's hard for a modern audience to relate, relate to it. So. And, and I gotta be honest with you, man. It was, it was great. What, what I heard, I was like, she was sitting there playing it for me and I was just, I, I started to kind of get the goosebumps listening to it, you know? And I was, I was like, wow, this is great. It does not sound like Marco Beltrami. <laughs> it's not. It's supposed to be <laughs> So you, men you mentioned yeah. Scream. So I got to ask. And um, the, with the new film that just come out, Scream 5, essentially, were you approached for the score? No, never. Uh, I, the, the directors, I believe they had worked with, um, with Brian Tyler in the past. And so... Uh, you know, they, you know, they continue their working relationship with them. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I did the, just the first four and that was it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I, I did listen to the score that Brian did and he did pay a lot of homage to what you had done before. Uh, but you can tell it's a different composer. Um, the scream scores. Now that was your first horror film in general. That was your first viewing first, you know, horror film yeah. score ever yeah. was that was that kind of um you know hard to do was it was it too much for you in um, you know you know i went into it very much as a very naively um <laughs> having never seen a horror movie before um i didn't have any preconceptions about you know what the score is supposed to do. I, I approached it um, very much like I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the actors, and and the and and the and it has a, almost like a teenage, over the top emotional vibe to it, like where everything is heightened, all the emotionality is heightened, and so that's um, really what what I tried to bring out in the score and make it fun and over the top and, and use a lot of the, um, you know, extended techniques in the instruments and things that would, uh, make it a, a, a sort of a, a bit of a, a ride, emotional ride. Uh, and Wes responded to that a lot. Um, I, when I first got the job, I scored for basically on spec, the opening of the movie, which was the scene where Drew Barrymore gets killed. And, um, um, and he really liked how I guess fresh it sounded. Uh, so he, um, proposed me, this was my first gig, really. He proposed wow. me to, uh, Miramax back then. And, um, they had a screening for the movie in New Jersey and it tested really well with the piece that I had wrote in it. And, um, so they hired me to do it, but honestly, 
I learned so much by working with West because I had never, I didn't know any of the conventions and he had to teach me a lot of like, oh, well, now here you might not, you know, it's not score this moment here. It actually will increase the tension if we play this in silence and bring in the music okay. here. And so just how you spot the, the film, it was, spotting is where the music goes. Um, just in terms of that, uh, I had to, I learned a lot. That's, that's great. And, and your, your career since then has, completely flourished i mean and you've scored so many different genres i mean uh you just you've got venom 2 which is you know like a, a dark superhero type film uh you've also released the one of the your film score the bicyclist which was basically like a it was a comedy so that was kind of refreshing to hear that and i loved the score when i heard it i was like wow this is this is really cool i love this and I had always seen that on IMDb and I always wondered what that film was. So now I got to hear the score for that. So that was, that was very, very refreshing and cool. When we did the, um, we started doing the Bach thing. I, I thought, well, I got to get a little bit more savvy with um, social media and all that. So uh -huh. I, you know, finally a few months ago made up a uh, Instagram thing. And, and uh, so I figured, well, if we have that. Maybe it'd be fun to, release some of the this old stuff that never really saw the light of day um and uh and yeah it, it was fun to revisit that and uh you can hear how i in that like i was i was in i was a student you know i was at usc there and it was working with other students who made the movie and you can hear i just overwrote everything like, <laughs> and um but actually that's what that's what, how, that, how I got connected with Wes because he heard that he liked how it was. It was the the emotions were all over the top for that, and um, and you know that's what he. That was one of the things that he heard of mine and thought that oh, this would be fun to this might be fun to work on together. Now, one of the things I, I got to mention that still astounds me, and uh, I showed this to Leslie. For like the Homesmen and Three Burials and also World War Z, you take a lot of creative liberties. With the Homesmen, you had the wind piano. With World War Z, you used skulls and everything else. And that's one of the things I like about your scores. You always try to do something different, something creative, every single time. And I'm sorry, it, to use uh, animal skulls is kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, no, it's all, I mean, it stems from the picture. I mean, the th first thing I do when I uh, see a, a movie that I'm going to work on is try to find, figure out what the, what's the emotional crux of the film and, uh, you know, how, how do you establish that in the simplest way possible that you can expand on throughout the score. And, um, you know, in, in The Homesman, the whole thing was based on, uh, these people, these women going crazy, living out homesteaders that, you know, from the wind, they're out there all the time, lonely, uh, and it drove them crazy. And so the wind was an essential element and like thinking, how can we make the wind a musical element? And, you know, Buck, who I work with here, we've been working since Scream. Um, uh, you know, we set up this, um, basically it's a giant Aeolian harp uh, on by the studio and the piano catches the the Santa Ana winds and they would come by and we could actually tune the wind and make it a an instrument um, and that um, formed the basis of what a lot of what the, the you know the intent of the score and 
So each movie that I do um, in World War Z, you know, the fact that we used animal skulls, well, that, well, that was because the, um, you know, the zombies communicated with their teeth. So right. we thought, well, you know, but there's animals that, that communicate with their teeth. You know, the, the javelina uh, pigs in, in Texas, uh, they communicate by, by clicking their, their jaws. And so we thought, well, why don't we use that as a, as a, you know, as a rhythmical device in the movie. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, it, we have fun. We have fun sort of abstracting things from the, the projects that we work on to um, create something new. Well, Marco, I think that's going to be enough time that we, all the time that we have right now. I just want to say I've been a big fan of yours ever since I was 15 years old because the first two soundtracks I ever bought was Hard Rain by Christopher Young, and then it was the Scream, Scream 2 compilation. And it, it, those were the two scores right then and there that I was like, I want to be a composer. So well, I just want to, I just want to. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to become a film composer was, uh, I think it was Hellraiser. Um, oh, wow. And, and then when I first moved out here, I, I actually worked, um, you know, proofing scores and deli- I was like a messenger boy for him when he was doing uh, Dream Lover. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, it was, uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Marco, thank you so much for joining us here on Measuring the Score. Pleasure. Pleasure to see you. We'll do it again. It was so awesome to talk to him. I'm this right here was seriously one of the highlights of my not only my film music career, but also my podcast career. I mean, it it was so awesome to talk to him, Marco. I just want to thank you again so much for coming on to the show. It, it, it was so awesome. We can't wait to have you on here again. Hopefully, we won't run into problems, but I'm pretty sure we will. <laughs> it's show business. Yeah. It happens. And he understood it. He he was like, guys, I understand. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I felt bad because the, the Zoom call started up and he's sitting there waiting on us. And I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're trying. We're hurrying. <laughs> so because this is our composer showcase, you, we try to talk a little bit about our composer that we have chosen for the showcase about their background and about some of the the um, pieces that they have written you know and then talk about some of our favorite pieces that they have worked on um so marco was born in long island new york and he studied under the composer jerry goldsmith which is amazing because he got to uh jerry goldsmith is really famous for the omen and marco got to score the remake to the omen see that's wonderful and i i, I, th- find wonderful. I, I can't remember how many notes it is um J- uh, jerry's score to the omen it was i think one i want to say it was three notes and marco said in the score notes he was like yeah i couldn't do just three sorry jerry i you know he had to do he had to do more and i thought that was really cool though he he was trying something like that i thought it was awesome well, it, was, it was a good score the film it was okay well, the score was great. I really loved it. And I'm not saying that because I'm a fan of Marco. I'm not. Maybe. <laughs> I am not biased Maybe. at all. <laughs> Guys, you don't see this big old smile on his face because he knows he's biased. <laughs> he knows it. Maybe. Anyway, um, you know, listening through, you know, to uh, numerous pieces uh, by Marco uh, for this, you know, preparing for... 
um, this uh, segment. You know, I have learned, and in my opinion, uh, Marco's has got a very distinct sound in his compositions, and it consists normally of many layers. Uh, a lot of his music that I listened to was not lacking in depth. It would all, you know, I mentioned before that the more layers you add to something, either uh, a painting or music, the more layers you add to it, it adds more depth. And uh, a lot of his pieces have uh, that, that depth to them. Um, I don't think there was once that I listened to a piece uh, that was lacking in that respect. Uh, everything that, that I listened to that he's done uh, sounded really interesting. It was provocative. It brought my attention to it right away. Um, and I thought it was amazing. Now, you had not really heard a lot of Marco's work until until before this. Though, I've, right? I've listened to some. I haven't listened to any of the, the current stuff. Uh, I found that uh, I really liked the Quiet Place score. Mm -hmm. um, that was really good. I really enjoyed it. That was one thing I, I kind of wanted to touch upon in the interview, but uh, you know, sadly we ran into you know lack of time. It, we we talked about in the interview that Marco had never seen a horror film until he scored Scream. I thought it was kind of interesting that he got to work on A Quiet Place because John Krasinski, who wrote and directed and starred in A Quiet Place, had never seen a horror film ever, and then that was his first real big directing gig was a horror film. And he said he became a fan after this. And I thought it was cool that he got Marco to score it. I don't know if it was because of that. I don't know the whole reasoning behind it. But I thought that was kind of kind of cool how that happened. Well, you know, and I think that it's, it's good in a way. Like some of these movies that we have covered uh, recently and that we will cover, uh, I've never seen before because I'm not... A big TV watcher. You can attest to that. I rarely turn to TV on unless it's a documentary. Maybe sometimes in the afternoon I'll turn it on. The but, Curse of Oak Island. Well, that's not really a documentary, but <laughs> I don't understand. It's just really intriguing to me. Anyway, because I like pirates, guys. Okay. <laughs> Bottom line, I like pirates. We went to St. Augustine and I got to see the Pirate Museum. I was so giddy. Chris can attest to that. Oh, yeah. I was excited. But hey, anyway. I enjoyed it too. I like pirates. I love Arr. pirates and I love history. Anyway, um, I think that uh, it's good in a way because they don't have a preconceived notion of what it should be. And therefore, in an artistic standpoint, they can create something that is totally different than what you normally see. It doesn't fit in a box. It's outside of the box. I... And, and that's one thing I, I've always enjoyed about Marco's work. And I, I told him this, that he's, he's always creative. He always comes up with something different. And he, he really does. And so I want to talk about some of my favorite scores that he's done. Uh, do you have any that, that you've listened to so far besides A Quiet Place? Uh, I like the 310 to Yuma score. But I, I think that my love for old westerns, uh, especially that stems from watching them with dad, uh, you know, when I was a little girl, I, it to me, his score captured that old feel. It, it put me in mind almost of the good and the bad and the ugly score in a way. You could hear the old elements of the, the old western, um, the old western music, and I, I really enjoyed it. He was nominated for Academy Award for 310 to Yuma. Correct. And I, I remember watching the awards 
that night and I saw Marco sitting there and you can tell he's all excited and then sadly he didn't win and you could tell it on his face I, I felt so bad for him because well, we've all been in that spot we've yeah. all done something and we're like yes and we get like nominated and we're like in the top three and then our name doesn't get called and then our we just get upset I've been there I know you've probably been there also our podcast as well <laughs> It was nominated for, you know, the local Nappy Awards. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. We were in the top running for it, and then, sadly, we did not win. So, But thank you, everybody, who did vote for us. That is local. <laughs> that is local. Also on Twitter, a lot of our, a lot of our Twitter friends uh, did vote. Now, of course, you know, I, I have a love for the Scream scores, and that's what Marco's mainly known for. But there are a, a lot of more gym scores um that i really enjoy that he's done the watcher starring keanu reeves and uh, james spader now the movie the movie is not the greatest in the world and i I get it in keanu reeves it was one of the movies that keanu did not want to do but he was forced to do and it's it's sad that that happened because uh marco's score for that film was very, very different. It was the first time it wasn't like a f- true horror film. Cause that's mainly what he was getting to do was like a lot of horror films at the time or, or the ones that I, I, I were seeing credited anyways. <clears throat> but the score was, was very fun. It was very different. It had a lot of synthesized beats going on in there. I, I thought it was a fun score. It's one of those I'll, I'll listen to every so often. I'll, I'll put it on and listen to it. Another one that I really liked was uh, Joyride with uh, Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, about the the trucker. Do you remember? You ever seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm man. sorry. Really? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh, that is one of my favorite movies. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this one before. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to cover this one on the podcast. So, no, that, that was another one uh, of his that I really liked. And, um, then, of course, the recent one, like you were just talking about, I, I like The Quiet Place, uh, one and two. I like the That's scores. Ma- yeah, both of them are amazing. And, you know, I noticed about one and two, the thing that I noticed about them, rather, is that there's continuity there. It almost sounds like it could be part of the same score. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say, because there are a lot of times, even if you have the same composer come back, you, you go so long and the composer can't really get into the mindset of what was there before. He can have the same themes and everything else, but it's a completely different feel, completely different style. And that was not the case with a quiet place. It, it it was the it was just like you said. It was like it was continuing. It was like the story was continuing, just like the the film itself. The story was starting. You know, the second film was starting up right where the first one left off. So did his score. Now, I thought it, it was great that he did that. Well, you know, and I can attest to this, you know, as an artist, you know, because I paint and I do other things. But as an artist, sometimes when that creative mood hits me and I, I'll create something and then I will go back and try to recreate it, I can't. I don't know what I did. I don't know how I did it. Well, and Same with me. I mean, there, there's a lot of pieces I've went and made that I'm I'm sitting there listening to it and going, how did I do that? And I'll sit there and try to figure it out, and I can't. Yeah. I'm going, 
how did they do this? How did they make the drums sound like this? How did I'm like, how did they do that? One of a kind. One of a kind. <laughs> and then that's why composers will sit there and go, that's why you write everything out. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do that one time, and then I couldn't understand my notes, so I failed in that respect. <laughs> I'm like, what does this mean? One coat of this color? I'm not understanding. <laughs> and, and there's been several films that, uh, have also caught me off guard that he scored. One of them being Ford versus Ferrari. That was a good score. That was a good score. I did not know he did it. <laughs> I did not look up IMDb. I that was didn't, a good movie too. I enjoyed I'm, that. I, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, "Wow, the score is really good." And there, there was only like a couple of moments in there. I'm like, "That sounds kind of like Marco a little bit." I'm like, "No, that's not Marco." And then, sure enough, music by Marco Montrami. I'm like, "Whoa!" But you know, people evolve, and styles evolve, and you know, even musicians, they their style and the way that they play evolve. Right. And uh, you know, a good example we've talked about Danny Elfman and the evolution of his music over the years. Um, his style it, it changes mm-hmm. uh, Marco is the same way if you listen to some of his earlier stuff as opposed to uh, some of his later stuff you can see the growth of a of a composer there like we talked about in the interview The Bicyclist which <laughs> is now available guys seriously go check that one out I know Marco was was talking about it and it, it's really fun it's really fun to listen to it I loved it when I was listening to it and I, I like I told him in the interview I always saw that um, that title on there, and I'm like, what? What this movie's about? And listen to the score, and I'm like, oh, this is really fun. I liked it. So, so again, I want to thank Marco Beltrami so much for coming on to the show. Uh, uh, this was so great to talk about him. It really was. I, I, I'm, I'm really glad we did a showcase on him. I really enjoyed his discussion about his creative process. Um, you know, the, the things that interest me the most about artists is their comp- creative process, you know, how they create. And I, I appreciate, and I've mentioned this before in some of our earlier episodes, I appreciate intelligent scores. And, you know, what I gleamed from Marco's interview is that uh, he likes to use organic sounds wherever possible. Um, you know, he did mention that he used a big wind piano, you know, uh, for the uh, the movie with... Um, the Homesman. Right, The Homesman. And uh, he did mention that he used the skull sounds with... Um, for World War Z. For World War Z uh, because of the, uh, the teeth chattering. Right. Um, I, I think that is very intelligent design there to try to add those elements into a score and it makes it sound more organic and it reflects you know the movie more i enjoyed that i did too i thought it was cool i thought it was cool how he how he does all that so ladies and gentlemen if you enjoyed this episode please make sure you give us a review on apple Podcasts. i think spotify has got a rating thing up there now too or you can just let us know on facebook twitter instagram leave a comment in the description below and just let us know and again it was so awesome to do this it was so awesome to talk with marco unfortunately we ran into you know some couple of technical issues but we ran past it we're good so got anything else yes i do i enjoyed uh the interview as well um i love talking to fellow artists and uh, Marco was very courteous, you know, enough to speak to us, and uh, it was really fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was very, very fun. So, as always, for measuring the score, I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. Have a good one.